The following is from East Delta Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at www.eastdeltabc.com. If you would, take your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 10. In Luke chapter 10, we're still, uh, <clears throat> we're still in our series, and we will be over the next several weeks, about guess who's coming to dinner. And uh, if you haven't watched that old movie yet, I'd encourage you to uh, what do they call that uh, on the internet? <laughs> I'm really up to date on my uh, uh, there you go, what was it? Netflix, yeah, streaming. If you have Netflix, we don't have if you didn't figure that out. Uh, you go to the uh, what was the movie place you could go rent movies at? Go to Blockbusters to get you one. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's really about a surprise who came to dinner, and we, we've kind of been dealing with that over the last several weeks. There's no surprise tonight or this today about who's coming to dinner because he was invited. And uh, I, I titled this The Sizzling Sibling Supper. You know, sizzling siblings sometimes go together. That's kind of one of them things where you can, uh, you can, you can have more arguments. Arguments. Uh, you can have more disagreements with your with your sibling, but somebody better not step in, or you have to step in and protect them. Uh, so the sizzling supper that takes place we find in Luke chapter ten, uh, down in verse thirty eight, and we'll be there in just a moment. Of course, we're talking about Mary and Martha this morning, and that sizzling relationship they had, uh, and sizzling or could be the seething, I guess may have been, uh, maybe I should have said instead of sizzling with supper, it could have been uh, another title there, but uh, we're going to talk about the exchange that takes place around the supper table between the siblings and Christ was there, but I want you to listen to the words of a song, and uh, I've never sang this because it's too high for me. And uh, so I sing it to myself sometimes. And if anybody ever gets in my car and places a recording, I'll kill you because, uh, boy, I let her rip in the car, you know, and uh, it's not always good. I can hear it, but it's always there. So this song says, there he was just waiting in an old familiar place at the empty spot there beside him where once I used to wait to be filled with strength and wisdom for the battles of the day, and I'd have passed him by again. But I clearly heard him say, I miss my time with you, those moments together, and I need to be with you each day. And it hurts me when you say that you're too busy, busy trying to serve me. But how can you serve me when your spirit's empty? And there's a longing in my heart, wanting more than just a part of you. See, it's true. I miss my time with you. There's so much today that uh, to do and so many things that uh, pull our attention and so many things that demand our time. I think sometimes that the words of that song is something we need to revisit, to think about Christ and how He does miss time with us. 
We are so busy, and Martin Luther, the reformer, y'all probably know him or have heard of him, not Martin Luther King Jr., that's not who I'm talking about, but Martin Luther King was the reformer back when uh, the, the Dark Ages, the church had the scriptures locked up, no one had a copy of the scripture, and the, the one church then was the Roman Catholic Church. Uh, it was a much different church than the Catholic Church today. But that's the only church there was. And Martin Luther, uh, during the, what we call the Reformation, that's when Scripture started uh, breaking out. And he started disagreeing with some things about the Catholic Church. And uh, through that, Martin Luther and John Calvin and some others, there was a, a Reformation started. It started with Martin Luther. Uh, and... From that, we had denominations that came out of that, and there are different groups. That's where the, the church kind of went some different directions. We're not going to spend a lot of time there, but Martin Luther was a very active person. He was a very busy person. Uh, he said this statement one time, I had so much to do today, I had to spend the first three hours in prayer. Now, doesn't that sound the opposite of what we would say? I had so much to do today... I didn't have time to pray. But, but Martin Luther said, I had so much to do that I had to spend the first three hours in prayer just to prepare for the day. I want to ask you to think about this. Have you stopped spending time with God? Have you, have you come to the point of saying, you know what, I have so much to do. I've got so many things going on that, that you know what, uh, I, I don't have time. I, I just don't have time, and after all, I think God would understand how busy we are today. Harry Ironside, he was a, he was a uh, pastor of old. He said, I'm ashamed to say that in my very busy life, I haven't spent nearly as much time at his feet as I should, but every hour spent there has meant far more than time spent in any other way. In Luke chapter 10, going down in verse 38, Jesus is at the home of Martha and Mary. And as Jesus, starting in verse 38, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, they came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. So she came to him and asked, Lord... Don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. In verse 41, Jesus replied, was Martha, Martha, you're worried, you're upset about many things, but only one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. Let's pray together. Father, I pray this morning as we've lifted up this time in prayer, Father, that you would speak to us through your Spirit. Father, I pray that we would know that there's a, that you miss your time with us. And Father, I pray that we wouldn't be so busy in making plans, so busy even in the day, even in the moment, to say, Lord, I, I, I've got things to do, and, and I don't get things to places to go, and, and i got other things, and, and I've set aside a little time. But, Father, but I pray, Father, today we would have your Spirit let us know that the things that we have chosen today, I pray that we would sit around your table, that we would sit at your feet, 
And Father, that we would hear from you a word. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. As we think about this supper setting and we think about this sizzling sibling supper and uh, we think about the, the people around the table, I want to kind of describe a picture if you will, maybe paint a picture, and, and uh, you'll have to do the painting in your mind, but let's first think about a picture of Martha. We all know Marthas, don't we? There's Marthas in this church. Now, I'm not talking about the name Martha, of course, but we, we have those, those, those Marthas. Thank God for Marthas, amen? That's how things get done. Now, if you're sitting there thinking, man, I have no clue what you're talking about right now, that's why I want to paint a picture of Martha. Martha is rich, responsible, and she is run ragged. Here's what Martha is. She's always busy. Martha is always uh, on the move. She has a great heart. Martha's a great worker. She's a servant. She's a, a servant of the people. She's a servant of the church. She has the, the gift of ministry, and she ministers to others. And if there's a need, Martha's on it. If there's a committee, Martha serves. If there's uh, something out here that we're, we're going to have the work day, Martha's here. And then if somebody needs to go to, to the college and serve a, a meal, Martha's there. And she's, she's just always around. And, and that's great. We need Martha's. And as we look at this, uh, this uh, d- description of Martha, Martha is focused on giving to Jesus. And, and what greater thing, and there is nothing negative in what's happening with Martha. So don't say, well, they talked about Martha, and Martha was this bad person, because Martha's not. She was, a, she was a worker for the Lord, and she was always busy. She was a good friend. She was someone you could call up, and you could get a word of encouragement. You could call up, and you could get a hand with something. She was a great minister, that was Martha. That's a picture of her. Martha had determined that, that she would give something to the Lord, and she sought Him out. And she said, Lord, uh, I want to I help you. I want to give you something. I want to have you over to my house, and, and uh, I want to serve you in my home. So that's, a, that's kind of a picture of Martha. But, but as Christ was there in verse 40, He begins to describe Martha. And, and this little description that we find here, about Martha, there's a couple of words, and, and I, I, say, I say this all the time. Y'all probably hate when I take a stab at, uh, at a different language since I'm so comfortable in the English language already. But, but, uh, but Pershepo is the word that he used, and, and that word we say translated is distracted. But the reason I tell you what it means is this, because it has a greater meaning than distraction, to me, we can be distracted this morning. I remember one time we were here and a bee came in here, a red wasp. And, and y'all should have seen y'all. I mean, it started up here and, uh, and everybody, I was looking at everybody and everybody was following the red wasp. You know, and it'd come out there and it'd, all that kind of stuff. And, and uh, so we think about distractions as that often. But that's really not, that's really not the the picture of distraction that Christ used. The picture he used means this, to drag around, to be distracted with care or cumbered. That's the word he used. It has different meanings, and we have a lot of English words that have several meanings. But, but have you ever just drug around? Y'all know what it is to drag around, don't you? Boy, you're just dragging around. 
you're distracted and you're cumbered down. You know, your, your head's down, your, your shoulders are down, you're just dragging around. That's the word he used. He said, Martha, you're dragging around, you're, you're, you're slumped over. And then he uses another word, uh, dikania. That sounds like Spanish, doesn't it? So y'all can call that Spanish or y'all can call that Greek, whatever you want to call it. But, uh, but, but the word is ministry or serving. Now, I thought this was so interesting that, that the word we have translated is preparations. So he says you're distracted by preparations. But for the words that she would have heard is, is Martha, you are dragging around, you're cumbered down, you're distracted by care of your ministry. Isn't that interesting? That Christ said your ministry has distracted you. Your serving have distracted you. And Martha, she's, she, she probably tried to listen. She probably, Christ was sitting there. He was teaching. He was talking. And, and Martha probably tried to listen, but she couldn't do it. You Marthas know what I'm talking about, don't you? You Marthas go and you, you have something going on and you sit out and you sit there about two minutes and you're up doing something else. And you're staggering around like you've been drinking all day. And, and uh, that's kind of Martha. I mean, you know, she's distracted. She, she just can't sit still and, and she's trying to prepare. She's trying to minister to the Lord. And, and the Lord says, hey, wait a minute, Martha. You're dragging around, cumbered down in ministry. And I want us to think, how often have we desired to hear the voice of God? We've, we said, God, I want to hear from you. I, I want you to speak to me, God. I want you to be real to me. But we get distracted by other good things. Here's the thing. The things Martha was doing was a good thing. It wasn't a bad thing. It was a good thing. So, so she was distracted by good things that needed to be done. But, but in that, in her dragging around, she allowed her ministry to become a distraction, a burden. She became cumbered down with, with her ministry. And, and how often has our busyness preceded our need for rest? Isn't that a great question? How often have we become so busy that, that we've just failed to find rest? How often is our desire to do something significant uh, arranged our priorities? We just want to do something significant so it, it affects our priorities. And the Lord addressed that issue in His teachings in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. He says this, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened down, and I'll give you rest. And take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I've told you this before, it's, it's a picture of, of two oxen, and you have one oxen that, that is strong and, and able to do the work, and, and a younger oxen that's just learning, and they, they yoke them two oxen together. And as those two oxen are come together, if you have a one ox that's really, he's hard-headed and he's pulling his way and pulling his way, the, the, that younger oxen, he's learning that way. And, and, but look what the Lord says. The, the Lord says, uh, take your yoke and yoke yourself with me. Why? Because I'm humble and I'm gentle. So in other words, the Lord says, if you're burdened out, if you're weary, come to me. I'm going to take the burden, just like that bigger oxen would, and, and yoke yourselves with me, and I'm gentle to you, and I'm humbling you, and in me, you're going to find rest. 
In me, you're going to find rest for your souls because my yoke is easy and, and my burden is going to be light for you. And when we find ourselves burdened down by ministry and we find ourselves dragging around, then we need to go back and think about what the Lord says. Hey, place your burdens on me and, and learn from me. Have you, ever, have you ever thought how God wants to do something significant for you? Now, I don't want to just pass over that. I want you to hear what I said. Have you ever thought how God wants to do something significant in you and for you? What do we think about ministry? We always think about serving the Lord and serving the Lord and, and preparing the meal and, and being the Martha. But, but have you ever thought God wants to do something significant in us? He wants to minister to you. I think we miss sight of that sometimes. That's a picture of Martha. Now let's look at a picture of Mary. Mary, if we describe her, I think we'd say that she was seeking. She was sensitive. That's kind of Mary. She was, she was sincere. Or she was serene. That's, that's Mary. Mary may have well started out helping Martha. Probably did. Martha has invited Christ over and the, the disciples, and they're having a meal there together. Remember, they're reclining around the table, how they sat and how they reclined. And, and Mary finds herself there reclining at the feet of Jesus, and, and he's there teaching. But as, as this scene starts, uh, Mary quickly realizes, hey, I, I kind of want to do something di- different. I, I kind of want to sit at the feet of Jesus. And at the feet of Jesus, Mary would discover the Lord's will for her. At the, at the feet, he would, he would realize that there's a, a desire that God has for me to do something for me and in me, and, and God has a desire to do something through me, and, and she yielded to Him. You hear that? Yielded to Him. The, the, the responsibilities there that Martha has taken up, the, the preparation of the meal and all of those things that needed to be done, Mary, Mary yielded to those things and, and said, you know what, I want to I be at the feet of Jesus. What did Martha see? I'm just guessing. Martha probably saw somebody lazy. Look at her in there. I've been here cooking, and I'm doing all of this work, and, and there she is, and, and this is a waste of time. She's in there sitting around, and, and she needs to be up working. And, and uh, what about this statement? I'd like to be sitting there too, but I can't because this has got to be done. Somebody's got to do this. And, and those things are just boiling up within Martha. And we have Mary there who, who's sitting at the feet of Jesus and, and Martha chose the, Mary chose the more, the more pressing matters. Mary chose those things that, that she had an opportunity to listen to the Lord. And, and it's interesting that Mary demonstrates the attitude of a disciple. Mary, she, she, she has that same attitude. The Lord, the Lord calls His disciples to wait on Him. We've, we've been studying Acts on Wednesday night. In, in Acts chapter 1, verse 4, the Lord told His disciples to, to go to this place in Jerusalem. And what He told them to do was wait. He said, go there and just wait on Me. Now, you'd had to have been here on Wednesday to hear that whole lesson. That doesn't mean we just sit back and retire and wait for the Lord to audibly talk to us. The, the, the disciples went and they began to make preparations for the Holy Spirit. But sometimes God says, you know what? We just need to wait. We just need to, we just need to be in His presence like Mary. We, we just simply need to take time to be refreshed in the Lord. Acts 3.19 says, Repent then and turn to God that your sins would be wiped out. And listen, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. That times of refreshing might come from the Lord. 
Several years ago, 7-Eleven came out with a new drink. What was it called? The Big Gulp. You old folks know that. You young folks don't. The Big Gulp. At the t- you can get the Big Gulp anywhere now, but at the time, 7-Eleven was the first. And boys, and there were 7-Elevens everywhere. There's, there's a lot of them closed now, but, but 7-Eleven come out with the Big Gulp. And boy, you could be out and you could be thirsty and you could go in 7-Eleven and you could get the Big Gulp. And you got your cup, red cup, with white letters that said Big Gulp on the side of it. And boy, when you were thirsty, it was refreshing to drink the Big Gulp, you know. And, and uh, I thought about, you remember Melphibosheth, and he's over there, and we're not going to go to that story, but uh, the, the, the king, the new king has come, and, uh, and Daniel's there, and not Daniel, who's a... Uh, uh, who's, uh, David is there, and uh, Melphibosheth, they, he's the new king, so Melphibosheth, the, the, the lady takes him out of the house and falls on him, breaks his legs. If y'all don't remember that story, we'll, we'll care of it sometime. It's in Samuel. And she carries him to a place called Lodibar. I've preached on Lodibar before. Lodibar is a place of desert. That's what it's called. That's how it's described. It's, it's described as a dry, thirsty land. That's Lodibar. And I think spiritually sometimes we end up at Lodabar. We end up in a dry, thirsty land when there's a big gulp available. And that big gulp is this. We need to, we need to come to the Lord and, and we need to move out of that dry, thirsty land. Now, if you read the story about Melphibosheth, David goes, he finds him, he brings him back to the king's house, puts him at the king's table, and he lives the rest of his life in the king's palace. Not because of anything he's done, but because of the covenant that was made with his father, Jonathan. And the thing is, God's made a covenant in blood with us that when we accept Him, not because we deserve it, but because who we are in the covenant, we have a place around the king's table. We have the place of the presence of God, not a dry, thirsty land, but a place where the big gulp is, a place where we can be filled, where we can have refreshing Psalms 42, 1 and 2 says this, As the deer pants for streams of water. Just think about that just a moment. As a deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O my God. My my soul thirsts for God, the living God. As we paint that picture of Mary, I think we see that person that was thirsting for God. Maybe she had been a, uh, spent a little time in Lodabar and, and she came into the presence of God and she said, I need some time of refreshing. So she sat at the feet of Jesus. Here's the last part of that picture. It's a picture of our priorities. Here's a picture of Martha. Martha's angry. Martha's angry at Mary. You know what? She's even mad at Jesus, isn't she? You see that there? She says, Lord, don't you even care? Don't you care that, that I'm having to do all this work? So she's, she's, she's angry. She, she says, Lord, tell her to get up and, and tell her to help me. Now I want you to notice something here. Notice the compassion in Jesus' response. Here we have someone that's angry. When someone's angry and they come towards you angry, what's our natural response? To be angry back, isn't it? To go on the defense. 
but, but not Christ. He, he had compassion because he realized that, that there's a lot of choices in life. But few choices have eternal value, have eternal, uh, uh, eternal differences. And he says, what Mary has chosen wisely, this will not be taken for her. That's verse 41 and 42. I just want to read that one more time. Martha, Martha, he said, you're worried, you're upset about many things, but this one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. See, as Martha was angry, Jesus responded in compassion. She's chosen what was good, and those things will not be taken from her. Was Martha wrong wanting to serve the Lord? Of course not. I mean, as I said, Martha, she's, she's, she's a great worker for the Lord, but you know what? Her, her priorities were confused. I read this statement. You'll have to listen to it because it takes a minute to set, set, sink in. It did for me. For service without submission is simply spiritual substitution. Now, I want to say that again. Service without submission is simply spiritual substitution. Don't that make sense? Service without submitting to God is simply spiritual substitution. In other words, what that is, is is sometimes spiritually we're not submissive to God. We simply get distracted in our ministry and it becomes a substitution for our spiritual relationship with God. That's what happened with Martha. Her, her ministry interfered with her spiritual submission to God. She, she decided that, that, hey, it's more important that I would be ministering. It's more important that, that I'd be serving than spending some time with God. And that's why, that's why Christ used those words, you're, you're dragging around, you're burdened down in your ministry. See, it wasn't about her ministry. It was about that submission to the Lord, to, to choosing what was right. In closing, I want us to think about some things. I want us to live just a moment in reality. If these things aren't real, then, then let's talk about them at another time. I don't want you just yelling out, but you can if you want. But, but just think about, uh, it's our natural human drive to find significance in it that's kind of we have we all kind of have that and and we do that and we live our lives kind of pushed by that drive some of you are uh, in high school or grade school some of you are in college some of you are beyond college some of you are retired it kind of fits us all so do you remember high school you know in high school there's certain people that was kind of cool they they had the right mix of good looks and the right mix of smarts and they had the right style and the right ability and, and they were kind of it. They made up kind of an exclusive group in the school. I wasn't in that group, I'll just tell you right now. Uh, but, but they kind of made that group up in school until graduation. Now, if you're not far out of high school, you may not realize it yet, but, but you know what? People that, that would turn their nose up in high school, you see them 10 years later, you know what they do? How high have you been? Like your old army buddies, you know. And in school, they wouldn't hardly give you the time of day. You know why that is? Because that's not reality. You realize in school, hey, there's so much life ahead that all of those status and all that ability and all that style and all those things, you know, that's not really what it was about. 
Or maybe in a university, you aspired to have the highest honors. You, you went in, you studied, you researched, you wrote papers, you took exam, you graduated with honors. All of those things are great. You had significant. But after graduation, you, you realized, uh, hey, that, that's not where it was all at. How many people have come and said, hey, what was your GPA? Most of the time, not very many. Because you know what? It really didn't matter. Now, I'm not saying you trash all that stuff. I'm saying, where are our priorities? See, living in reality just a moment. That, that high school, as you move on to those college years, you realize that, that hey, it, it matters what I get a degree, but, but hey, I, I focused everything on this. Let's move on a little, little bit farther. You, you go to what we call the real world, and you, you find yourself living in the rat race what we call the rat race, and, and you work harder and work harder and you spend more hours and you put in a little more overtime and you climb the ladder a little bit higher and you seek promotions and finally you get all the right mix of those things and in the right mix of those things you discover that you have made your way to the top of the field and then you're at the top of the field and, and then comes mandatory retirement or comes retirement and after 40 years in the same career we discover that, that that's kind of been deceptive also that, that you know, the the uh, unrealty of sorts, it, it's kind of come to an end. And, and all my life I invested just to climb the ladder to get to the top. It, it's just over now. It, it just kind of came to an end. There's the realm of security. If I save enough, if I keep enough, if I invest enough, if I earn enough, if, 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 if I could just get the right purchases, I, maybe I'll not only have security, but, but I'll have the, the opportunity to buy pleasures. I'll have the opportunity to pros, prosper in my old age. And, and then we realize that's been a deception too. For, for no amount of money or security can purchase eternal peace of mind. And, and before we know it, we've lived a life. And we look back and we think about, well, that high school days, they really weren't that bad. And then college days, I, didn't, I, I spent my whole life chasing this career. And, and all of those things are necessities. Just like somebody had to prepare a meal, didn't they? Because there was a group of men there ready to eat. But the problem with it was the priorities changed. In other words, it wasn't about, it wasn't about a life lived to serve the Lord. It was about all the preparations, all the distractions. And in the midst of all, whatever point of life you're at, wherever you are in that, in that cycle we talked about, maybe you hear the voice of Jesus and He's sitting there in the very next room. And, and you hear Him talking and, and His words, they, they sound inviting. And you think, hmm, that's a little bit interesting. I mean, I wonder what it feels like to to have rest for my weary soul. I wonder what it feels like to take His yoke upon me and learn from Him and, and for Him to lift, lift a burden. I wonder what's that like. But, but all of a sudden you realize, hey, I, I'm living in today and I have other priorities right now. See, that's where Mary was and that's where Martha was. They, they, chose, a different, they chose a different direction because Martha chose to... Focus on those priorities of keeping busy when Mary chose what was better. Maybe you've put off far too long just to come and to sit at the feet of Jesus. I want to ask you, if you would, to bow your heads with me for just a moment. I want you to think about that. You know, I asked the question when we started... Have you stopped spending some time with God? 
you know, when we do that, it, we, we can end up in Lodabar pretty quick in a dry, thirsty land. There's Martha, and she has Jesus Christ sitting in her home, inviting her to come and to sit, to learn from him. This morning, we have that same setting because Christ says where two or more are gathered, I'm there also. The Bible tells us he didn't abandon us, but he left us the Holy Spirit that he might be and that we might be in his presence. So Christ at the table, we sang that song that says, come to the table. We sang a song that says, bring it all to the table. So Christ is there. There he is just waiting. An old familiar place. That empty spot there beside him where once I used to wait to be filled with strength and wisdom for the battles of the day. I would have passed him by again, but I gently heard him say, I miss my time with you. Those moments together, and I need to be with you right now. And it hurts me when you say that you're too busy. Busy trying to serve me. But how can you serve me when your spirit's empty? I want to ask you, would you go to him this week? Would you say, Lord, I'm burdened down by distractions. I've got to get the meals done. But would you choose some time to just sit in his presence and be filled with strength and be filled with wisdom and to find a refreshingness in the Lord. All what it is to be refreshed in the Lord. Father, this morning I pray that we would find you there sitting at an old familiar place Father, that we would hear your voice calling us, not from the next room, but from our hearts. Father, I pray that we'd find refreshing in you. I I pray, Lord, that we would set aside some time this coming week. Lord, just to say, I want to go back, I want to spend some time with you. Father, I pray this morning that your spirit would lead us, that your spirit would teach us and guide us. I pray, Father, that we wouldn't be troubled by many things. But, Father, in you, we would find peace, we would find rest, and we would find a refreshing. In Jesus' name.